According to the Hindu scriptures, such as the Puranas, we are in the age of darkness, the age of ignorance, commonly known as the Kali Yuga. Now, if you want to know about the entire Yuga system, then I recommend that you go over and watch my episode on the Yugas. I'll leave the link in the description and you'll get a good idea of the complete Yuga system. But today I want to focus on the Kali Yuga, which people would call the spiritual degradation of man. To give you a little brief insight of the Yuga system, what I'm speaking about today is the long count system, the traditional system, not the system created by Swami Sri Yukteswar, the shorter system that some people follow. But most Hindus follow the long count system. It is the traditional system. To explain the Yuga system briefly, there are four Yugas or four ages. There is Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwapara Yuga, and Kali Yuga. Now, these four Yugas span a vast amount of time, which I explained in the other episode on the Yugas. But the smallest Yuga, which is Kali Yuga, the age of darkness or the age of ignorance, still spans 432,000 years. Now, from a human perspective, that is a very, very long time. But from the cosmic or universal perspective, that's not much time at all. But from our perspective, it is a long time. And according to the Puranas and the Tantras and other scriptures, we have only just entered into the Kali Yuga. So when did the Kali Yuga begin? According to traditional Hindu authorities, the Kali Yuga began with the death of the godly sage Krishna after the famous battle in Kurukshetra, which is documented in the Mahabharata epic, which is one of the great epics of India. Traditional authorities put this date of the death of Krishna at 3102 BCE, but a lot of scholars suggest a more probable date of 1500 BCE, but there are a lot of people in India who actually think it's actually even older than 3102 BCE, but these are the dates that we're given. And so no matter what date you believe, it doesn't really matter because According to the scriptures, we are in the Kali Yuga, no matter whether you think it's 3102 or 1500 BCE. The Kali Yuga began with the death of Krishna. And so now we are apparently in the Kali Yuga. So to understand our plight in the Kali Yuga, we need to understand how we sort of descended into the Kali Yuga. And to understand that, we need to think of the Satya Yuga, the, the first Yuga I mentioned, which people would say is the age of truth or the golden age, where people are directly connected to Brahman and they have a, you know, a direct union with Brahman and there's not really any sort of ideas of separation between people. People have a fundamental understanding that everything is one and act accordingly. Sounds like an ideal paradise, <laughs> kind of different to where we are now. But we descend from this age through Tretta, Dwapara, and then eventually into Kali Yuga. Now, what this means is the Kali Yuga symbolizes the spiritual degradation of man. So what I mean by the spiritual degradation of man is that in the Kali Yuga, people mainly identify with the material world, with the physical world, and we turn away from our inner world because practicality and what's important in the physical world takes primary importance. And so we push away the inner world. We, we forget 
about who we are deep within and we concentrate on the outer world. Now, there's no wonder that there's a lot of unhappy people in the world, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress and so forth and so on, considering we, we have turned away from our inner nature and we focus on what we can do in the physical world and who we are in the, or who we think we are in the physical world. And this is a big problem because we're focusing on just one aspect of life and all of our attention is focused outside of ourselves. This is the temperament of the Kali Yuga. And if you don't think that that's the main temperament of people, just go outside and have a look around what people are interested in. People are mainly interested in the physical world, the material world, and how they appear in that world. Resulting from the Kali Yuga tendency to focus just on the outer world and who we think we are as a physical entity, there's no wonder that rationalism has become the prime mentality around the world for the last two to three hundred years since the the enlightenment period in Europe. And so we have this rationalistic perspective, which is more of a me-centered approach to life. And we then focus then on what is practical in life. We don't sort of consider our inner world. We don't consider our spiritual nature, our spirituality, our connection to one another in the universe. These things get pushed in the distance because from a rational perspective, we're very skeptical at everything and anyone who is speaking about such matters. So we have this rational perspective in the Kali Yuga where basically most people are dwelling just within the prefrontal cortex, this front, frontal lobe part of the brain where the cold cognition, to use cognitive science, dwells, which is that cold cognition is basically just the rational aspect, the ability with the intellect to cut things up, this and that, right and wrong, so forth and so on. And so when we're from that perspective, that very alert, attentive perspective, we lose sense of the hot cognition in the more unconscious regions of the brain that are connected to our spiritual nature and also our emotional intuition and so forth and so on, which actually gives beauty to the world. That hot cognition is what, you know, makes artists create beautiful art, what makes athletes achieve the miraculous. That doesn't come from this part of the brain, but we're focusing on this part of the brain, this frontal part of the brain, as we know through education, through Western, Western education. And this is making people all around the world, because Western education has also infiltrated Asia and other places around the world. And this is making people extremely rational. And this then turns people into what is good for me. It's, it becomes a me-centered approach. What am I going to get out of this? Why is this information good for me? Why should I attend this? Why should I do this? Everything becomes a me-centered approach and we lose sense of our connection to one another because we're sort of isolated in this little part of our brain, this little bubble. and. We are acting accordingly. We are in self-preservation. We are on guard, ready for anything that comes into our field of consciousness. And so this develops a very stiff and rigid mentality where it is difficult for people to actually get along in the end because we have you know, a lot of conflict and so forth and so on in the world, not just at a political level, but I mean also on a, just on a personal level, on a very communal level. 
and you only have to look at the YouTube comments or, or any other social media to see that people just don't get along or people just don't listen to each other because they're living again here and they are speaking accordingly. So this is my beliefs, this is my agenda. Who are you to say anything different to me? So this identification primarily with the material world and then our eventual mentality of rationalism is like a mind virus which is infecting the whole world. And you see people, good natured people, becoming super rational and super difficult to deal with. But then you see people, maybe on a very rural level, who's still connected purely to their emotions and they, they have a good sense of relationships and so forth and so on. Where super rational people affected by this mind virus have a difficult ability sometimes to emote and to have good relations. As a result, individual opinions and agendas and self-interest are the primary characteristic of the Kali Yuga. In the Kali Yuga then, we find people are centered on individualism, which on a subtle level keeps people in a constant state of survival. And this individualism runs counter to the Satya Yuga understanding of our intrinsic connection to everything. In the Satya Yuga then, this is the ability to have a mind that perceives the world through the hot cognition or the holistic cognition and they have a firm grounding in that cognition and they perceive the world accordingly. So they perceive the world from a holistic state. And this is actually why such knowledge actually comes from the East because you have to remember from a cognitive science perspective, the East developed to evolve the hot cognition a lot more than the West which developed actually more, more so of the prefrontal cortex and the individualistic perspective. And the East actually evolved more of the collective group perspective, that more holistic perspective, because they perceive the world more through the hot cognition. Hence, a lot of these philosophies, these spiritual philosophies came from the East as opposed to the, to the West. So in the East, there was more of an understanding that everything is connected. And so they saw the world more as one as opposed to this is me and then that's the world, which comes from a more individualistic perspective, which is based on survival. And there is nothing wrong with either cognition, but when we look at hot cognition, the holistic cognition, it gives you the ability to sense that there's a lot more going on than just your own individual problems in this world. And you are actually part of something much greater than yourself. So there is no surprise that a lot of the Eastern traditions are based on nature and our part in nature, our small part in nature, and our understanding of that. And also our understanding that we are nature. A lot of us forget that because of certain philosophies and religions, especially in the West, that have developed, that have taught people to disconnect from nature. This again is a very individualistic perspective of self and other, or even self and God, there is a disconnect, a separation. But many of the Eastern traditions remind us, because they are based on nature, that we are part of everything actually. And so there should be no sort of disconnect. The disconnect comes when we identify mainly with this part of our brain and we believe we are an individual confronted in, and in conflict with the world outside us, which is an illusion. So in the Kali Yuga, when we divorce ourselves from everything else, when we divorce ourselves from nature, and then we primarily focus on the material world, what we can acquire for ourselves, we then have the mentality of the conquest of nature. So we would rather 
conquer nature rather than living in harmony with it. And this is where the two cognitions differ because from a holistic perspective, we want to live in harmony with nature. We really see this with Taoism. And if you are familiar with Lao Tzu and Zhuangzi and these sort of Chinese philosophers of living sort of in harmony with the world, find your place in it as part of it. But then we have this Kali Yuga mindset where people feel opposed to the world. So then we seek to conquer the world. There's kind of this, this ruler mentality. So in the Kali Yuga, we want to conquer the world because we feel that the world is in opposition to us. We don't understand that we actually live in harmony with the world. And so when we don't live in harmony with the world, what do we do? We, we act like a virus on the planet where we begin to destroy nature and each other. And this is why the great Eastern traditions are very important to understand because they bring you back into harmony with the world. So it's no surprise in the modern world with our mentality of the conquest of nature and others that we are destroying the planet and we are destroying ourselves at the same time, which we don't understand. And we see this with you know, the climate crisis at the moment with climate change and so forth and so on. So our actions are from this mentality and it's destroying us slowly but surely. So we need to sort of come back into harmony with that more holistic cognition within ourselves and understand our intrinsic connection to one another and the planet. But amazingly, what is our solution to this problem? We just want to leave or become robots. <laughs> so we see a lot of people focused on leaving this planet and colonizing other planets. And this is apparently a solution to the problems we have here. So it's kind of more of a band-aid solution, you could say, because we're not willing to deal with the problems that we actually have here. We've got to address these problems and we can all live in harmony with the planet. But our actions and our mentality have to change. Leaving is not a solution. But this is the mentality in the Kali Yuga where we just ignore problems, avoid the situation that's directly within our face, just to move on and just to keep taking from the world without giving anything back. This is the Kali Yuga perspective. And we also see that that's one solution that people think about. And our other solution is to merge consciousness with AI, artificial intelligence, and merge our consciousness with a machine, with a robot. And this is a solution for a lot of people. People think about transhumanism, technological transhumanism, and they believe that this is a solution for our problems where we merge consciousness with an AI robot, and then we can live forever and, you know, we can just go from planet to planet and just harvest, harvest, harvest. <laughs> kind of sounds like a, a Hollywood film. But this is the solutions that people throw up, which is, you know, this is a direct indication of where the mentality of people are in the Kali Yuga. So the lowest point of the Kali Yuga might actually be technological transhumanism when we think about it. Because many people would rather become a robot and live forever than just be a human. This is very sad. So the integration of mind into technology, if that happens, will likely be the lowest point in the Kali Yuga. This technological motivation is the Kali Yuga belief that the material world is everything. As a result, the inner world of consciousness is not considered valuable without the material world. 
This type of thinking is one of the greatest threats to the survival of the human species. So before you play unconsciously with your phone and focus a lot on technology and the new apps and all of these things, you gotta think about what this is doing to you. Are you slowly but surely merging your mind into technology without even knowing it? Can you go one day without looking at your social media feeds? Can you go one day without your phone? Can you go one day without checking email? And I would say if you can't, this is a big problem because none of us are as famous as Christopher Nolan and he doesn't even have an email or a mobile phone. So why the hell do we all have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, a mobile phone, an email? People are on call, they're on demand. Why are we like this? You, you need to think about what this technology is doing to you. And what is interesting that is happening is that, especially when I criticize technology, people will jump to its defense as if it's like a real entity, as if it's a person. But people are short-sighted. They're not seeing what it is doing to them. And the eventual outcome of this may be the integration of mind into technology because people are slowly but surely becoming technological sympathizers and are always defending technology. And there are reasons for this because technology has given us a lot. You know, we only have to have a look at the invention of a fridge, which has given people the ability to keep food from spoiling too early. So we have a fridge where we, you know, we could throw some food in there and we can eat it five days later and it's still all good. You know, this is a great invention. But this doesn't mean that that applies to all technology. We have to be very wary of what we're doing with especially digital forms of technology and also developments in artificial intelligence. And so what may happen in the future is that when there is that option to merge mind into technology, people will willingly walk into the laboratory or wherever and upload their consciousness into a robot. I'm not saying that that's possible, but if that became a reality in the future, which then eliminates the human experience and the beauty of living a human life and also the beauty of death, which a lot of people are frightened of. And you know that also is another motivation that drives people to think of technological transhumanism. And this again is a Kali Yuga perspective because if we only believe in the material world, then death opposes that because death eliminates our physical body. Does it eliminate our consciousness? Well, according to the Eastern traditions, your consciousness will move on. So this fear of death from an Eastern perspective is very silly because it is only the body that dies. You do not actually die. Your soul or your consciousness, your Atman does not die, it moves on. And so think carefully before you play unconsciously with your phone and also defend technology. There's a lot more going on here than what you think. So you're probably asking, Jason, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? All you've given us is just doom and gloom. <laughs> well, if you're watching this, then you have become conscious that we are in the Kali Yuga, or at least you're interested in this sort of knowledge and are entertaining this sort of knowledge. So thankfully, after Krishna left this world, some enlightened sages could foresee our future within the Kali Yuga, and they left behind the Puranas, the Tantras, and other great scriptures. These scriptures were designed to serve our spiritual needs within this dark age. They were specifically designed for a spiritual seeker's inherent difficulties within the Kali Yuga. 
One thing in the Kali Yuga that you may know of because we're all living within the Kali Yuga is that we lack the moral fiber and mental concentration necessary to pursue the path of liberation. But fortunately for us, we have these ancient texts which can bring our awareness back within ourselves and then we can realign with who we truly are as the Atman which is connected to Brahman. So we have these scriptures which are guiding us back within ourselves and this gives us a true understanding of our connection to everything else. So the solution to this problem is we need to turn to the actual teachings of the East and not just a specific teaching but all of the teachings of the East. We could look at Vedanta, Yoga, Samkhya, Buddhism, Taoism, so forth and so on. Turn to the actual teachings of the East, which will direct you back within yourself, which is what we need within the Kali Yuga. We have to stop this identification with this part of our brain and materialism. So the hope then is if there is enough of us who cease this gravitational pull to the external world and instead reorient our focus back within ourselves to realize our true divinity, then and only then will we begin to progress into the Satya Yuga. But this can only happen when we free our mind from a persistent cognitive error that we've all bought into. And this cognitive error is the belief that you are independent and the world is separate. You need to actually realize and truly feel that there is no division between you and the entire universe. Deep down, you need to remember that you are the entire universe. And I don't mean you as an individual, but that aspect of yourself, the Atman, which is connected to everything, Brahman. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today. There's a lot that we could go into about the Kali Yuga. It's an interesting subject. Let me know in the comments if you believe in the Kali Yuga. And if you do believe in the Kali Yuga, what do you do to counter the effects of the state of consciousness within the Kali Yuga? And so if you enjoyed, make sure you like this video. Make sure you turn on the little bell notification for when my next video is out. Definitely make sure you subscribe to my channel. I plan on making many, many new episodes. And also, if you were inspired by my content and you want to support this channel, head on over to my Patreon page. And so I hope you all learned a lot about the Kali Yuga today. And I look forward to seeing you all next time. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.